Hey, workout. Oh, oh, vocals hidden. Hey, in there. Hey. Come on, though. Hey. Hey, Kevin, freestyle one week, bro. Just one week. Just freestyle, bro. Come in with the tough freestyle. Yo, yo, yo. What up? What up? What up? Welcome to the Whiskey Conversation Podcast. What up, fellas? What's up? We all good, man? Yeah, I'm a gummy bear. We got four people with One with Fiji. What's going on? You got to relax. One with Fiji. You he said that? You got to relax. You got to relax. But hey, y'all know how we start the show, man, with a toast, man. Glasses up, man. Yo, Kyle, what we toasting to? We're toasting a healthy conversation. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, this past week, man, we had a special celebration. We didn't get to shout them out on our last show, but we're going to shout them out today, man. We had one of our podcast members, known as the Wild Card, celebrated a birthday, man. We got a special tribute for the Wild Card here. We got some pictures. Y'all take a look at the screen. Oh, we got some that's so cute, ain't Look, it, man? Look at that side eye. Look at that side eye. He got the same record. That's baby Calvin right Why there. Why you look man. like you've been fighting all your life? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you only five. This is what we're doing right now. Young child running wild. Cat, hit him with the next one. Let's go. This is what we're doing. Might as well be boy. Hit him with the next one. What we got? Oh, oh shit. Oh! Oh, he was fresh. Oh, he was fresh. Are you Shaq? The special Steve Harvey edition, baby. Where did he get Shaq's suit that from? That boy was ready. <laughs> from Shaq himself, baby. <laughs> he went to Shaq basketball camp and he blessed oh, him with his okay. suit for prom. That that's what happened. Where you get the hat from? Bro? That's, that's dope, it? man. That jacket hey, is dang brother. Wait, hey, wait. What kind of hat is that? That's dope. That's a dog. That's a dog. Y'all remember Bob's? Yeah, everything, everything, everything in that picture from head to toe is Stacey Adams approved. I just want you to know that. True OG no. style. Like True OG style. I mean, he he's got the hat, the glasses, everything. I he mean, got like look at him. And look at the nine later gators on. Yeah, lava the nine later gators. Later gators. That Mike, boy was Mike, fresh. Mike, what do you Adams. call that break? Is that like uh, <laughs> that's beyond full? Hey, that, <laughs> we call that full beyond. Is that over no, full? No, no, that's a, that's a triple break. That's what that is. That's a triple break. That's a what full kind of beyond on the pants. Full beyond on the pants. Cat, hit us with the next picture. Big break. My boy was a hooper okay. though. You know what I'm saying? He still did his is. thing in hey, college. He still is. You know what I'm saying? Basketball. Now, yeah, now, yeah. The story behind that picture. Tell us about this one. That was 2016. And it was the day that the NBA started doing them big contracts. So I had put that. Trying to get that cash. I was in L.A. That at that time. And I put on Instagram. I was like, hey, if y'all need a free agent, I'm down. Because <laughs> y'all giving out big contracts. I'm ready. That boy ready, said, boy. That boy look, said look sign me. He's a hooper, y'all. He he's still hooping. He get, Cal- Calvin was record proof. He's got the slides on he with, the, with the. You said record proof. He was record ready for the rec league. Turn up a rec league. Just came from balling. He had the slides on. Turn up a rec league near you. Cat hit us with the next pick. There's more. My boy didn't achieve some things, man. Ah, he grew up. You know what I'm saying? He didn't achieve some things, man. Y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know that KJ is actually an Arthur man. He been doing his thing, book of poetry and everything, man. So we're excited. I I like to say, you know, I'm at a table full of gentlemen that inspire me even being the oldest here you know they all expire you are by far too so so mm-hmm. so man I, I'm appreciative of these gentlemen who sit here and share this table with appreciate you so. uncle Mike yes sir yes sir nice yes thing, sir thing you, ever said, bro. Uh, you know I love you but enough with all I'm the mushy cry. stuff like, don't expect we, it again we all hey. the mushy stuff don't cry, you gonna do the same thing for my birthday I am I'm going to do it for all y'all. When your birthday? November 3rd. Remember oh, that? Okay. November 3rd. Oh, we're in the same month. Exactly. Mine October, though, so I'm oh, going to I mean, we're going to skip you. We're going to skip you. Yeah, you don't, you don't need nothing else, bro. You good. You don't need nothing else, bro. Nah, you don't need nothing else. <laughs> You don't need nothing else. But, hey, we're going to say it with your chest. We're going to go ahead and do that. And, fellas, the reason why I ain't tell y'all about say it with your chest because I got to say it with your chest. Okay. Oh, go ahead, then. Wow. Okay. Oh, big I go. Say go ahead. That's a first. Today. And, listen, big hopefully – they don't come for us, and our podcast don't be shut down after I say what I got to say. I'm coming for the beehive. I'm sick and tired of the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey. Sorry, everybody else got quiet. Yeah, y'all got quiet in the mud. Y'all ain't going to bag me up, no support? No, I, I, I just want to see where you're going with okay. it. I just right. want to see where you're going with it. Are you it. talking about the heritage? We need context. <laughs> don't, 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 do no, that. No. don't do that, Austin. So, by definition, the beehive is a, no, is a strenuous group of Beyonce supporters um, who will fight, kill, and steal for her and her title. Kill your um, firstborn. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely a cult. It is a, a, a cult They've of women and men. They've been known to sacrifice men. children, um, animals. They cook um, goats. <laughs> <laughs> Man. 
everything. But listen, man, so I know y'all been seeing a little video, a little meme floating around, Beyonce and Jay at the game, at the Warriors oh, game, fact. sitting on the front row. And so they're there with the owner, one of the owners of the Warriors, and his wife. And so she's having a conversation with, with Jay-Z, and Beyonce's in the middle. I guess Beyonce got maybe a little annoyed with the conversation or whatever, <laughs> and it showed all on her face. Oh. That facial expression, I guess, to the beehive was a signal for attack. <laughs> and for me, you know what I'm saying? I get it. I'm pretty sure the Beyonce knows she can defend herself. And and it's cool to have it's cool to have a fan base and everybody be cool. But when you start attacking a lady to the point to where you send her verbal threats, I think she deleted her Instagram, threatened her life. She deleted all her social media yeah. because they threatened her life. Over that one little segment. Wait, Beyonce deleted her social No, the, the, the woman, the uh, owner's uh, wife. But, but the you. thing is, if you look at, and one of my guys had, did the clip, and I guess, I mean, if you read the, the roles reverse, huh? Nah, not oh, that ahead. one. But uh, so the woman was the wife. Of one of the, the investor owner. owners yeah, yeah. of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So this ain't just like some groupie chick. Exactly. This no, woman, this woman, they already got more money and than they've been, and, and they were their guests and have been their guests multiple times multiple. to the games. So the, the, if you look at the video, the woman's talking to Jay, him and Beyonce waving. You can see him say uh, vodka and cranberry. Like he ordering a drink. I guess she was asking like, "What's your drink?" Nah, da, da, da. If bro. you read the lip, I'm reading back, the lip. No, she like, didn't. I, I think we got to put it in context. That's alcoholic talk. I, that's alcoholic. I, I know <laughs> when the drink water going. <laughs> I, I, but I, I'm with Mike. I'm with Mike. The Beehive. No, they got to You got to cheer. I understand being a fan. You got to cheer. I'm a big whole fan. I'm a big J. Cole fan. But the Beehive, like, the Beehive sit and memorize a whole Beyonce dance routine at the age of 30. No, that's real. <laughs> like, or three. Either one. Yeah, either. either. I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like. Spectrum, I'm, right? I'm just like. I'm just, <laughs> Is Beyonce the only female? Like, well, she is the goat. She's, she's the goat. King. She's king. She's I mean, she she is, but Michael Jackson was the king. <laughs> okay, but check this out though. King you know, at basketball games, when they highlight the celebrities that are there, you know, they'll highlight Snoop Dogg is at the of game, course. or um, Drake is at the game, right? That was the Jay Z and Beyonce highlight. So, I mean, I think she could have been talking to them at any time, but the fact that you know that was their time. To be, you know, noticed, but, but that's what I'm and saying. And they both waved, and then she just kept talking and talking. It's like, so, like, like literally but, give me but that's six the seconds thing. till we go off the screen, and then you can start talking again. But that's the thing, though, because I'm not, I'm not mad at the clip. I'm mad at the fans for what they. How we, they we, react we just talking about the beehive. Yeah, oh, the reaction I'm talking was too about much. the beehive. Yeah, the beehive. How do you come at a person and threaten them? Yeah, that's too like much. threaten their life. That's ridiculous. Like Beyonce don't know y'all. She ain't paying y'all. She ain't paying bills. She ain't like, paying child support. And yet y'all want to go <laughs> off the wall to support this lady. Man, just crazy, just crazy. But that's my said with your chest, man. We gonna. I had to. I had to. You know, get that off my chest. Let it be known, man. Why well, we talking about chess? Let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you say? Speaking of chess. <laughs> Speaking of chess. Let's talk about two button being back. You Calvin couldn't saying? wait for this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's because he that's cause he's sweating that look out his pores. You know what I'm saying? He don't, want, told, he don't want his shirt to be drenched. I told y'all, I told y'all last week what y'all could expect I was gonna come in here in the tank top. But I at least tried to come a little halfway quarter professional. Okay. Quarter professional. Quarter professional. Okay, so you know it is what you got today. I would just say, look, you had a great weekend. It was, it was an amazing weekend because you was lit singing every East St. Louis song, even though oh, Dallas. Oh, shout out to Houston, man! I really <laughs> rock with y'all. Y'all played more Nelly in a weekend than Dallas has played in my two years of being here. <laughs> here we go. So Houston, I sh shout out to you. Here I respect and love you. All the same, like, I mean, hey, Nelly singing going all weekend. That's that, real. Dallas refused to give St. Louis. Oh, so y'all claiming Chingy now? Right there. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Right there. <laughs> One song. <laughs> right there. Boy, it's clever chicken now. I would just say you was from your, from your IG, bro. Like, you live your fullest, bro. Shout out to the address, which is my go-to spot in Houston. If you've never been to the address in Houston, you need to. Friday through Sunday is a Every movie. Day? Friday through Sunday. Wow. This is not an ad, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. This is real life. Yeah, we're not getting no benefits. We're not getting no benefits. I'm paid to say this. I've been to the address one time in Houston, Friday through Sunday, and it was a different experience 
each day. Wow. And it was lit each, each day. day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad you came back in one piece. But yeah, man, this is the Ooh. casual edition of the Whiskey Conversation podcast today, man. This is the most dressed down I've ever seen Austin. Don't, he got a hat on. Since I've known him. Yeah, like a dad hat. How do you feel? Don't control How the do main. Feel? Release the main. Do what? Release the main. Oh! There we go. He's back, baby. Baby, you like an apple crumble? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm just tired. I just, I just got back from Austin. Right off the road. And I'm, yeah, I'm both of y'all. I'm too, yeah, too white for my own straight good. Straight to the liquor. <laughs> yes. That road was hard. After that, yes. That road was tough. Yeah, facts. Um, so. But no, I'm I'm feeling good. It's it, it is it is weird, but I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah. I'm I'm not like fidgeting. I'm good. I'm with my boys. I'm yeah, set. I'm glad you ain't fidgeting. I mean, that's sign of drug use. Austin gonna do it. Well, he pulled up the drink, man. I was, trying, I was trying to give you guys a compliment, and you took it a different direction. But cool, man, whatever. You look like a, a movie from star from right now. Young shit. <laughs> I appreciate the director that. right now. Like you should be sending director share. With the hat he did. He did what, like what, he was. What's the actor that went to uh, UT? McConaughey. McConaughey. Yeah, he had the McConaughey. Hey, Bob. Y- right. Y'all said Wakanda. You like his second cousin. <laughs> <laughs> super dead. Mick. Mick <laughs> <laughs> McConaughey. Mick McConaughey. Shit. So instead crazy. of all right, all right, it's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, man. But it's crazy, man. He pulled up the drink. I guess the road was tough, man. But speaking of tough, man. Oof. One of the toughest things, man. And we're going to go ahead and hop into our topic. One of the toughest things that I've ever had to watch. Knew about the story before, but ha- having to sit down and watch uh, this series uh, was very tough to get through. I, I stopped a couple of times, I will say. Um, but When They See Us is what I'm referring to on Netflix. If you haven't seen that, I definitely suggest you check it out. Uh, but we, we're going to jump into that today. I know uh, Calvin, he's the one who's kind of spearheaded this one. Uh, so I'm going to let him jump it off. Oh, so um, when they see us is the if you want to call it biopic documentary. Well, it's not really a documentary; it's a movie yeah. um, about the Central Park Five. Uh, if you if you're young and don't know what Central Park Five is, it is back in 1989. Uh, five, uh, well, four black uh, boys and a Hispanic boy were. Um, convicted of raping um, a female jogger in Central Park. Um, They just went from 14 to 16. They each were sentenced to jail, um, six, seven years, the highest being, I think, 11, 13 years, Corey-wise. 15 almost? No, it was like 13. Okay. I knew they were, like, older. Like, they were men when they got out. Mm -hmm. So uh, you go from 89, all those years in jail, um, 2001, I believe, um, it was found that they did not commit the murders. The person actually, not murders, but the rape, the person that actually did it came forth um, and testified, gave the story about the rape. Um, the convictions were overturned. But this film goes into how those convictions really ruined those five boys' life and even more so how the convictions were obtained. Um, it really shines a light on the boys were in the park. If you haven't seen it, I'm not ruining anything because it's all public knowledge, so it's not really a spoiler alert. But the boys are in the park doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing in the first place. But at the same time, a rape was going on on the other side of the park. So what the police did was pretty much gather all the black boys that were in the park at that time and then singled these four, these five boys out and coerced them into con- What's the word I'm looking for? Coerce. Yeah. Coer- yeah, it's coerce, but um, <coughs> into well, confessing. Yeah, confessing. That's yeah, why I right. coerced them into confessing that they did the rape after questioning them for 48, 72 Days. hours without food, water, um, telling the boys that if they just tell them what's going on, they can go home, mm-hmm. um, taking advantage of their parents' lack of knowledge of the justice system. Um, I mean, it's really hard to see. You know, that pressure being put on a 14-year-old, 15-year-old boy and them thinking that them saying that they did a rape is going to get them to go home. And half of them, well, most of them, if not all of them, didn't even know what rape was. And so if you you watch the story, even even with the confessions that they made the boys do, none of the stories added up. 
each each boy had a different boy doing something else. Like no one boy was doing the same thing. Yep. There was no DNA evidence. Yep. The woman was very bloody, but none of her blood was on any of the boys. So the only reason that these boys got convicted is from the confession tapes, which again didn't and add up. And they edited those. That was the sole reason. So yeah. um, it then goes into their life once they got released from jail. Uh, in part three of the series, and then in part four goes into Corey Wise, which his part is the most saddest because Corey wasn't even one of the boys that the police was targeting. They simply asked him, did he want to come down to the station to be with his friend who they were taking in for question? So he wasn't even a suspect, but because he was with his friend, the police pulled him into that situation. And because he was 16 and he was the oldest, the other four boys went to juvenile. Corey was sentenced to Attica with grown men. And Rikers. I mean, I don't. And did the most time, too. Yeah. Did the most did time the most because time. they charged him as an adult. So, right. I don't need you put a 16 year old boy in a grown man in prison. I don't need to kind of explain what's going on in there. I'm sure we'll get into it. But it, out of all the boys, he probably had the toughest, the toughest road and lucky to be alive now for sure. But it was definitely a tough thing to watch. I know a lot of people said that they will watch and then stop. I watched it the whole way through just because, again, I've known about it and I've been waiting for a a movie about it to come out, and I was just engaged. A uh, lot, a lot of emotions, anger, sadness, a little bit more anger, a little bit more sadness. But I mean, I let the fellas get into how they felt and just different parts of the movie, uh, and just the justice system. And we just we we'll just touch into it. So, yeah. fellas, I'll, I'll kind of start it off from what I saw and noticed. I mean, the fact that you know you have all these white individuals as Calvin mentioned, coercing these boys to say, to fabricate a story that they knew nothing about. It was very just, it was disturbing, you know, how easily these boys were manipulated, all without representation. Because they were a minor, they still didn't have a parent available. And the cops knew that they, their moms and dads weren't <coughs> available. So they literally took these boys, these children, from their homes, from their neighborhoods, from their community, and mentally, physically, and emotionally abused them without giving them an outlet. And I think that um, even though this was in, you know, late 80s, 1989, it still happens to this day. And this was, I mean, they had uh, interrogated them for like 48 hours 48 straight. 48 hours straight. I mean, yeah. literally beating them, making them, making the boys tell stories and lies and really feeding into them what the sto- what story they wanted to happen, right? So And, all the and cops, they were saying that like, oh, if you just say this, you can go yeah, home. Yeah, if you, you just, if you out. say this one more thing, if you add this to your story, you can go home. And they were like... I'm going to add it to my story because I don't know the story to begin with. And as four, five young boys who don't know what rape is, who don't know the severity of it, who don't even know what happened. The boys didn't even know each other. They didn't know. They were like, like, who? who? Tron. Tron. Who Who is Tron? Yeah. Who is Court? Who is? I don't. I don't. I don't know him. And and their their parents, the ones that were able to be in the room, they were so helpless because they knew. I mean, of course, their their boys were out, you know, at. What was it, 9, 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. at night? But not knowing exactly what happened in the park. But knowing that their children weren't even capable of doing such horrific things. And some of the boys barely even knew about sex in the first place. Didn't even know. Let alone rape. But but even with touching on the parents, I think that's one of the things that infuriated me the most. Because when watching that, Yusef, when Yusef's mom came, I was proud because Yusef's mom handled that how my mom would have handled it. Straight up. Like, like that's like, that reminded me of how my mom... Like, I was really frustrated with Tron's, with Tron's dad mm-hmm. and then uh, Santana's dad because Santana's dad was only worried about going to work. Sant- at, the, at, yep. that, at that yeah. point, yeah. like, I don't care if you you think it's, like, even something small as, like, shoplifting. Yeah. If your son or your child in jail, like, you need to be there to make yeah. sure, like, everything yeah. is going on, what they're in there for. He didn't yeah. even ask. Why is he in here? He's more so worried about going, yeah, go going to work. work. Right. He's like, I'm already then, late. Let, let's, let's, let's digest that, though. Yeah. I hear you, but let's 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 break that down. So we got two fathers that reacted totally different ways. So we got one dad who says, um, like, he doesn't even come to the court cases. Like, he doesn't even come to court but, during the process. And then we got another Tron's dad. Tron's dad sold him out, in my opinion. Right, because right. But you got, but you got his dad. You know what I'm saying? Who literally called him 
every single day while he was in prison but and I mean, never believed at a point in time. You, you could have <clears> saved <throat> your son from being in that situation had you been more concerned with him being in jail versus you making a work shift and leaving him there with his grandmother who can't speak a lick of English. And so yeah. the, no, that's for sure. Was, and so for me, place. I think he failed him on two occasions. Before he got convicted and even after he got out of jail. Why after? With the, wife, with, the, yeah. with the Oh, wife, yeah, that was yeah. foul. That so, was foul. but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you, like, for uh, for Tron's dad. He just telling him to say what they want to hear was like. That was rough. That was crazy. I was, was like. But, but granted, that's what the cops told him. But And but, so, and that's what I want to, I want to get to. Like, so with that. And I understand it's an awkward position. I know for me, I wouldn't do it. I would lose my job because of what the cop presented to him. Right. He pulled his background mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. threatened his job. So, but as a as a grown man, yeah, as a grown as your man, child, you know, you know, you know what rape is, mm-hmm. and you know your son is not going home if he admits that he did. Right. Rape. You yeah. grown right. at that point. Yeah. So you should have known so, better. So at that point, when cops say. Tell him what we need you to hear, or this gonna come out about your job. You gonna lose your job. I'm sorry. You just gonna have to take that L on yeah. your job. Yeah, that's that's real. Instead, instead yeah. of telling your yeah, son man. to own up to a rape case, exactly. and you a grown person, and you know what rape is, no, and know what kind of supposed to be there to defend him. Yeah. Yep. So I, feel, I just feel from a from a man's standpoint, the men the men in them boys' lives did not did not stand up for them well at all. And you, I mean, you write about Santana's dad from. From him leaving the precinct and coming back later, and by that time he not took a he not took a deal mm-hmm. to own up to the rape, and then mm-hmm. when he came home after coming out of jail, I'm like, you letting your wife disrespect your son like this, and like she completely out of line. Mm-hmm. So I, ju- I just feel from a from a male standpoint, them boys didn't have didn't have men that stood up for them. Um, Corey's mom, I feel, in my opinion, I'll be honestly trash. Because, at, like, how do you not know where your son is? All these other parents know where their son is, but you don't know where your son is or what's going on. Like, he just out and you don't know where he is. And I mean, I don't know. I, like, I don't, I don't, I don't blame. I don't, I don't necessarily blame the parents. I just, I just feel that there's there a, were lot a lot of more, things that could have been done. There's different. a lot you know more what I'm accountability saying? that could have prevented them confessions from even happening. Because had but, those confessions not happened, them boys would have been. But but before we like dive too deep into that, you really got to put things in context. Like Man. this was the story of the boys, but not the parents. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, even speaking on Corey's mom, you know, she just said that, you know, it's tough for me to get here. You know, like when he went to prison, they show how many miles it was away. Yeah. 300 yeah. miles away, 350 miles away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that's, that's a, but that's that's a prison. trip. We're talking about the precinct. They still at no, they, they no, still that's York real. at this time. No, that's real. They still at a precinct. That's very real. But, but I, you, I don't think you, we knew what was going on with the parents in their lives and why but, it was so difficult, although I all feel like we believe they should have been there. I ain't giving nobody the benefit of yeah. the doubt. But I wonder what, what was going on with them. Because, you know, like, it's, okay, it seemed like they were all, you know, like, Super committed to their jobs. Like this is how we feed our families. You know, if we lose this, we lose everything. But do you sacrifice? Do you sacrifice your child? Or do you sacrifice your income? I'm sacrificing my income, for sure. So that's all I'm saying. At the, at the end of the day, to protect your child. your child, definitely, definitely, you do. It's man. something that serious that you know. Like I said, the boys knew nothing about. And in that time, yeah, you want to stand up for your child. You want to because you got the job for the child, right? Yep, right. To provide right. for your family. There's ain't no family. Opportunities. <laughs> yep. If this go down, ain't no family. And you're going to keep the job. And so no, you can get another I'll job. transition. You know, we talked about the boys for a minute, and then, and then we went to the parents. But the cops, you know, how un, how unruly they were to, fa- to fabricate these stories, not having a lick of evidence. And I forget the, um, the main lady's name, but I know she, um, she just wanted to blame somebody. And she blamed the first person or the first group of people that she could, and that was African-American men. There was even one point where she had claimed that, or she had asked something about, like, oh, well, this doesn't add up, this doesn't yeah, add up. Yeah, it doesn't add like, up. Like, she knew that up. there were things that didn't We're going to make it work. She was like, let's and, make and it work. And there was one guy who yeah. said, well, we can just move the rape up. Yeah. I'm going, whoa, what? okay, now you're changing the whole story and everything. Yeah. That's, that's what really bothered me. And what I understand, I'm not saying this is okay, mm-hmm. but what I understand from her perspective is that where she was coming from was the past. There were like over three thousand yeah. rapes, so she wanted to put a stop she to it. So justice. it didn't matter who it was. 
So I understand that side. But then when you mm-hmm. get to the perspective of, oh, they're just young, just you know, fabricate. hoodlum black boys, they probably did it. There, there was a lot of gray area yeah. that they were just taking it at face value. It all the, gray. The thing, like, with your point, uh, the first part about the stories, I know it was, it was so – it was so crazy when she brought it to the district attorney. Right. And she and the district, the district attorney was like, I can't present a case off what you did. I can't do anything. It's like nothing, none, none of this adds up. <laughs> Zero. And so that's when, like, Corey comes into play about, like, okay, well, we're just going to have him do the whole, like, confession. Put it all together. Like, right. Put it all together. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, like, even lawyers are just like, this, this don't make add sense. up. None, yeah. none of this adds up. Makes and no then sense. even with um, – even with the recordings, she said, like, we can't they use these it. recordings. Yeah, they yeah. edited the tapes yeah. to fit. And that's why they broke up the cases, too, because if they would have had them all together, there's no way they would Well, they tried uh, to break up the case, but it was all one, right? No, it was two. One two it, was separate, two, it was two separate yeah, yeah. trials. Two, two, two separate, separate trials. Cases. Yeah, yeah. Two so separate it was three trials. boys okay. in this trial and two and boys two in that, that trial. Oh, and then back to your point, I was watching, because uh, I had seen this uh, biography or this documentary uh, a couple years before when they did a documentary on Central Park uh, 5. Um, I had watched it again after the movie just like because I was just in the mode of seeing it mm-hmm. and it was crazy how the guy that confessed to it Matthias whatever his name is he was actually a serial rapist mm-hmm. within that area but nobody even thought to, to ask him to, yeah, add, to even yeah. connect that mm-hmm. so yep. it was just yep. like Didn't even from ask. the time that he did the rape he did like a couple more yep. rapes and murders yep. after that wow. that they ruined these boys' life, but then they let two other people, three yeah, other people get killed and raped yeah. by this guy because they never even connected the two. Because he had been arrested for something else. He had been in jail. What, what thing arrested I, for something I, I did want to bring up, because we were, we were talking about this point, and there's so much more that we're going to dive into, but um, last, and I think I've mentioned this once before, but last year I actually had the privilege of doing a ride-along with a police officer who served for over 20 years. And, you know, I... I said, you know, give me your perspective. Let me understand from a police officer, police officer's perspective. He said, out of 96, out of 100 cops, 96 are going to be good. We focus on the four. And so I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, well, you just need to respect the police. That's not what I'm saying at all. People need to be held accountable to their actions. Right. So one, one thing that I do want to say is, like, he, he taught me a lot during this whole situation. Learn your rights because the police officers in there is like, oh, I can cut you a deal. I can cut you a deal. The police officers can't do that. They can't do that. Lawyer up, you know, stay, <coughs> stay silent. Don't just agree to something because they're just, you know, they're just wanting to, they're basically just wanting to get you. Um, what also really bothered me is that, I can't remember if you had brought this up or you had brought this up, but they were just so quick. They just, they just wanted to take it and, and shut it down. Super quick. Politics. Yeah. yeah. And it was very political. And that's what really bothers me as well is that what is promoted is, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. But the actions that you, the judicial system uses guilty is guilty, guilty until you're proven innocent. And you're thinking 14-year-old boys who barely even know what sex is in the first place, how the heck are they going to know exactly what to do mm-hmm. in a situation like that? It's just crazy. And you brought something up. You were saying about politics. I don't know if y'all remember the scene where uh, the two lawyers, the prosecutor and the defender, are uh, talking because all he asked, he was like, just just be fair, you know, in the mm-hmm. trial. And she said, there's no such thing as fair. This has gone from uh, being about justice to politics. Yeah, for yep. sure. And it was, it was so, what was so crazy, because I think – it was after that. It was after that that whole talk when he was uh, he was doing a cross examination of the uh, DNA specialist, mm-hmm. not knowing that she had had the sock they ran for the nobody DNA. Nobody knew about the sock, yeah. And so, but he slipped up and said something about it. He was the just sock like, didn't do anything. And, and just, it's yep. just like it's just like none of that. That should have been the nail though. Yeah. against that. That should have been the nail in right? the coffin. So, yeah. But, but still she was convicted. trying to she was trying to keep the it's, yeah. That's crazy. that whole thing is just crazy, but. I don't know. I think parts one and two really show, honestly, I mean, I can only speak from a black perspective when it comes to law enforcement, like, this stuff happens all the time. Like, I mean, not even, we we don't even have to go extreme as confessions. We can go to just stop and frisk. We can go to being pulled over. We can go to, 
you know, an unwarranted search yeah. because people don't know they write, so they just let a cop like in their car, even if they don't have anything. You get a but bad at cop, the same drop time, something in there, and he's like, "Oh, you got some drugs." Yeah. So the thing is, like this, this is in '89, but like I don't think people realize that even in 2019, this stuff that still goes still on like this because cops and lawmakers or attorneys they play on the ignorance of different socioeconomic classes like you're gonna have a socioeconomic class that don't know that don't say nothing get an mm-hmm. attorney or they can't cut me a deal or like like those boys the boys young they didn't know nothing i'll give that's the only reason i give some of their parents benefit of the out because they may not have known yeah. anything but tron's dad knew like he he been to jail mm-hmm. he knows how this works Santana dad didn't even bother to stay around. Mm-hmm. Kevin's mom was sick. Can't even blame Can't her. His sister, his sister tried to save him, but she came too late. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I think it's, it's it just really shows just how how the judicial system and law enforcement sometimes yep. preys on lower economic classes because they know their resources mm-hmm. or their intelligence about how the system works. Mm-hmm. It's going to work in their favor. It was just like a the scene when Kevin's mom got sick, when they found out Kevin's mom got oh, sick yeah, and they, had to leave. They went and in two, there. And the two officers, before they were in the room, they was like, well, it's Christmas. like Christmas came early. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the black cop was just looking at him like, I mean, after that, they just went in on him. So, so, so let me see if y'all feel me on and this. And he was the youngest, too. He was the most yeah. vulnerable. I want, I want to see if y'all feel me on this. And, you know, this is a double-edged sword. You know, there's a fine line with what I'm about to say. Um, but let me let me build up to it. First and foremost, most people don't want to watch it because they feel like <laughs> they for like the it. last six or seven years, um, social media has really blown situations like this up mm-hmm. and desensitized us to them. You know, uh, Trayvon Martin murdered in 2012. Instagram only been around since 2011. You know what I'm saying? Facebook been around since 2004. Like these platforms haven't been around for a long time. And with this social media stuff, we're being constantly bombarded with black man after black man after black man being locked up, being killed, being shot, being, you know. Uh, and it's like, damn, after a while, you just like. Another one. Like it's yeah, normal. Another yeah, it, it's become normalized to a certain extent. So most people don't want to watch it for that very reason. But I think everybody still needs to be educated on this topic. If you want to be real with you, black people don't need to watch it because we already know what the deal is. I feel like everybody else needs to. Um, and Austin, to your point, um, not all cops are bad cops, but they get that rep because you know bad one cops. bad cop can ruin it for everybody. Absolutely. And, when and, when when okay, so uh, came from so I went to school at Northern Illinois University. We had one of the highest police populations in the city and state. So you got the DeKalb police, you got NIU police, you got county sheriff, right? You got all of these different law enforcement groups in a college town. I mean, I could drive from here and, you know, go two blocks down the road and see like 10, 11 police officers, right? And so, you know, for like four or five years, you know, I learned to look over my shoulder, when I drive, you know, it took me a long time to break that habit when I came to Dallas. But all of my encounters for six years, you know what I'm saying, with police were bad. I was being pulled over. I was being stopped. Um, you know, I was being, you know, talked to for no reason, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. every encounter I had with police officers for six years was negative. Right. So until we start to see police in a different light, like, um, I know Brandon just did something like coffee with cops mm-hmm. in McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. You know, until we start doing something like that and seeing them in a different light, yeah. you you can't help but think all police are bad when this yep. is all I've ever seen. And one and one thing to your point again that goes back to knowing your rights, knowing what you are capable. We don't of. know our rights though. Oh, yeah, I'm saying you've got. I'm saying you've got to study that. I got a and point you, to make and, on and, that. And you've. And you've also got to remember that cops aren't called in in happy situations. They're always called in in bad situations. Right. So they've got to go in, you know, really expecting. It's a tough jobs. job. If, very. It's a very tough yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. So, th- I mean, this is my recommendation. No matter what color you are, it's, you know, do your job as a citizen to make that interaction just smooth and, you know, 
I mean, it's, it's also, but, it sounds good, but that's not exactly. How it works and real quick people. about I, knowing your rights. Good. Here's the thing about knowing your rights. So you can know your rights, right? And and you don't even get an opportunity to voice that you know your rights Come or on act now. on that. Now you ain't gonna let us get. You there. know what I'm saying? You don't get there. It's it's viewed as uh, being belligerent or you're resisting. Um, what the police tells you because you're saying, I know you can't do this. You're not allowed to do this to me. Oh, he's resisting. So oh, that will get you killed. You can know your rights all yeah. day and, and you don't even get that opportunity. The tr- to, it's, it's, Mike, the it's, truth it's, is always going to come out no matter it's what. It's just like with, uh, if yeah, we, but sometimes when the truth come out, that's per- we lost, that we lost the person. That's been the case with, you know, with these, these killings that we've seen. And, of course, we're talking about the movie, but, I mean, it goes into it because we're talking yeah. about the justice system and police. But I'm, I, that's the point. Like, the truth will come out, but the truth comes out after we sitting up, putting up hashtags or we saying RIP to another black young black kid. That's 11, 12, you know 15 years of being Exactly. Even, so even with the Know Your Rights, if we're talking about Central Park 5, Again, t- tapping into Yusef's mom, mm-hmm. how she came to the police station and she was speaking to the, uh, not the district attorney, but who, yeah. um, whoever the l- l- blind she lady was. She was a head honcho. Yeah. yeah. And she came to her and she was like, you questioning my son and he a minor. Like knowing, she she knew knowingly. her rights. Yeah. And she turned around and walked off on her. And again, knowing her rights, she expressed mm-hmm. it. He's like, okay, so what if I get the daily news down here? Mm-hmm. That changed her whole perspective. So yep. again, that's why I'm saying like, as black people, we can express we know our rights all we want to, but it don't mean anything until we bring some leverage into the situation. Yep. Her leverage was bringing the daily the news down there and letting them know, hey, this is what they're doing to these little and, kids. And I think that's jail. an ethical way of doing that, too, because we had brought this up when we had talked about racism, that typically white, arrogant people in positions of power aren't going to listen until you hit their pocketbook yeah. or unless you hit their how they're going to look, how they're mm-hmm. going to be perceived. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true believer. I, I can understand your your position. I don't understand what it looks like through your eyes. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I do. That's right. But I do want to say that, again, the truth is going to come out. I mean, those boys knew the truth. They knew the situation. But if it comes down to the point like, all right, then I'm going to affect your reputation, do what you got to do, but do it ethically. You're talking 14 years later, though. Yeah, real, exactly. real, real quick, real yeah, quick, because I never made the point. I just never made the point. So I think that we need to be the change we want to see. Absolutely. And this is where this is where the gray area comes in. So we complain about prosecutors. We complain about judges. We complain about politics. We contain, uh, complain about police. But there is a heavy lack of representation in those positions from black people and people of color. So my whole thing is, like, be the change you want to see. Like DeKalb had three black police officers in the whole freaking city. So all of the black people are complaining. We marching, we rioting, we doing this, we doing that. But they couldn't even get a black person to put in the application to be the police. They couldn't even get black people to apply to the police department. And it's like, if you want to see better policing, how about you do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, stop expecting other people to do that for us. And how about we step up? We need more black politicians, more um, black judges, more black prosecutors, you know what I'm saying, who have our best interest at heart. But because we hate these people because of what they've done to us, we run away from it. We F the police, F the judge, FPO, F all these people. And we run away from those positions and then continue to let these white folks take those jobs and use it against us. So is it, you know, like the system wasn't made for us. So, you know, let's not waste our time. Or is it like join the system and change the system? How do y'all feel about that? Um, I mean, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. That yeah. I mean, you definitely have to be a part of it. Um, I don't think I don't think black people are shying away from being police officers. I think it's a lot of black people that's becoming police officers. I think that when you look in certain areas, certain areas don't want black police officers. Mm-hmm. And there's no certain areas it's all white and yeah. ain't no black. So I think I don't I don't think black people are running away from being police officers. Um I think to to Austin's standpoint uh point of um affecting people's reputation, it to me, granted it's twenty some yeah, like 25 years later. But to see that, like, now, like, uh, University of Columbia, Columbia University has, like, kind of let go of 
has let go of uh, the prosecutor who prosecuted the boys, uh, the district attorney, uh, whoever, the little blind lady, I forgot her name, but her publisher cut her. Uh, people stopped. Um, they took books out of bookstores for her. Like, I feel like all this cool, like it needs to happen, but it's like it's 2019. Mm -hmm. Like them charges got overturned in 2001 and there's a thousand page document showing how faulty of an investigation it was and showing that these boys weren't weren't guilty of this and showing that they railroaded it but these people are still able to live their affluent lives right. and make money off the career off that the they backs, built yep. off mm -hmm. of this yep. off this case so it's just like yeah, i mean that's all it's that's cool that. like i'm glad i'm glad something happened Still but it's eight, that's 18 years later. And, and apparently, you know the, and apparently everyone else who signed those major book deals were still paid a lot more money than the gentlemen were even after they were released. How do y'all feel about the settlement amount? Not enough. I mean, nine million, nine million apiece. The city of New, the city of New York still did not apologize to the boys. Not enough. The people that ran the case still say it was a great investigation, even listen. though there's a thousand page document saying that. Well, listen, I need more than that. Enough. I, I just from from, and we've talked about from the initial standpoint of the boys being profiled, being interrogated. Now I'm coming into part three and part four of the movie when we talk about post jail. You being labeled as a sex offender the whole time you're out of jail. You got to be labeled as a felon when you do an application. You know, you got to change your whole life. You know what I'm saying? From a from Corey Wise standpoint, you you 16 in a, in a grown man prison getting stabbed, raped, jumped, like all this stuff at 16. Like before you even before you even become 21, you've had all this stuff before happen. Before you to even you know about what this stuff is, you were only convicted of it. And so it's it. like nine million dollars. A piece that's cool, but does that really replace your manhood no. being taken as no. a kid? No. Or you losing your years as a teenager? You can't. You you don't get no girlfriend in high school. You don't get your your first high school kiss. You don't get your prom date. You don't get to go to college at a campus and do all this. Like your life is taken away from you. So early. now, granted, okay, nine million. You give me nine million, I'm gonna take it regardless. But is that really enough reparation for what they went through? No. no. No, nowhere close. No, not at all. But I wanted to ask y'all a question. So y'all mentioned Yusuf's mom. And I like how how she went hard for her son. But do y'all think maybe the situation would have changed if she was, I guess, willing to cooperate with the other boys? Because from uh, it looked like she was she wanted everything her son separate. From everybody else, and she, I get she came it. Came across a little right. entitled. I get it. You defending your son. You don't want him to be linked with these people because you think it, the chances of him being on his own, or you know what I mean, are greater. But if she had a shared, like she, like you said, she knew the, she knew her rights. Right. If she had a shared that from the jump, do y'all think maybe the situation could have changed, or maybe went a little no. differently? No. One thing. One thing. Yusuf, and tell. he posted no. this a couple of days ago. I follow him on Instagram now. Because um, I think it might have been his sister or something. See, motivational speaker. It. Yeah, yeah. I think his sister touched on it. They were like, which is true. A lot of, I mean, movies are going to be, you know, a lot more exaggerated because it's a movie. Of course. Uh, but he's like, for the most part, everything in this movie is true. Um, even like they were talking about like his mom. Like a lot of people talking about the same thing where his mom could have did this, his mom could have did that. He's like. You gotta understand it's a movie. Like some of this stuff is exaggerated. Not all that happened, as far as like between the parents and between like the interactions, mm -hmm. happened how the movie portrayed it. So, I mean, from from a movie standpoint, I, don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, I think it would happen if, if, if you if you look at it, and I can only and I can only talk from a parent. My son is going up for rape. I don't know. I know Corey. I know Corey, mom, because Yusuf and Corey were best friends. And but I don't know these other three dudes. So that's the thing that really got me too, because she she acted as if like they had no relationship, mm -hmm. him and Corey. She started acting like that, and so that that kind of bothered me because here's this guy, right, that that's taking the bigger the biggest brunt of everything, 
And the only reason he was there is because he was going to make to sure your son, was, your good. son, make sure your son yeah. was good. Yeah. And so for me, that's that's what I took kind of. I was like, oh man, that's kind of messed up. And you would think she would at least be there for him, or try to support, try to help the mother out of her son's friend. So that's that's where I'm coming from with that. That that kind of that kind of got me. We got we on the uh, gummy bear break right now, so <laughs> so y'all hear that paper? That's what's going on. But yeah, that's that's what kind of got me and why I asked about about Yusuf's mom. I agree with y'all earlier what y'all were saying about the dads, man. Just yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. But I, but I also don't think it would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything done different would have made a difference in the I, end. I do. I don't. I, th- I don't think, know. I think well, maybe from jump, point, but not during jump. the actual process. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking from jump. from if, rip if, for sure. Well, the cowboys. I, 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 I want to say this I think from, from rip. Boys behind I bars. If, if we talk about the process, I'm including Tron's dad in like in the process mm-hmm. because at that point, Tron is already being interrogated before they got down. Yeah, that's real. That's real. So it's like if you man up and stop being punked by the police because you worried about. Your job, your son is not going to be there. You taking your son home, he's not going to confess to anything. They don't have anything to link your son to that murder besides some dirt. They don't have no blood from her, no scratches, nothing. The thing, and the thing, the thing that I hated that wasn't pointed out is. The scratch that was on Kevin's eye, how they kept like bringing it up, oh, like and him saying it was her. Yeah, again, yep. but not even that. Like, I just don't understand why he just didn't say it. It's here because y'all hit. Because y'all hit me, but he was too afraid. He yeah, was, man, he was and, 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 like, he a kid at that time. He a kid at that time, so it was just like that was rough. The whole interrogation process was just so frustrating, just from yeah. these cop, these cops on these young kids, but then these parents not stepping up and being parents. And like protecting their kids and just saying it is what it is. And mm-hmm. then when the time come and their kids really in the fire, it's too late at that point. You could have you could have saved them before all that because mm-hmm. if you if you jump in, then you don't have the like the confession tape is the only thing they had. Yeah, they had it. nothing, and that was fabricated. Like, and it's just as a jury. And one guy spoke on this. Like, there's a guy that did an interview, and he's a white guy. He was like. I kept voting not guilty, but everybody was voting guilty because of the confession tapes. But he's like, none of this adds up. None of the confessions match. The DNA doesn't match. How are y'all voting guilty? So even from the confession tapes, as a jury, you're like, okay, if they're confessing, then why doesn't why doesn't any of this DNA match up? Why isn't any blood on their clothes? Why isn't this? Why like if they're confessing, why doesn't all this make sense? Like there was that, no that, logic. That's, that's the part yeah, that was no the most the most infuriating is because you still voted guilty, but there's no logic behind the confession. So did he change his vote because everybody else just kept voting guilty? Because that's the part I didn't. You know, I didn't read about that. That's well, you crazy. you got you got no choice too, unless you know. No, because you, well, well, you, you you do have a choice, and it'll be a hung jury. Right, this trial, but yeah, that's real. Um, and uh, the reason I said that is because I don't know. I like watching crime documentaries. It's just my thing. I sit around and watch them all day. Uh, y'all should watch the um, Eric Menendez trials. Um, two white boys um, from the Menendez brothers killed yeah, their parents. Yeah, Menendez brothers essentially like shotgun both their parents. Um, and you know the the conversations are very similar with this. This was right around the time of OJ too. So same with that politic piece. They needed to win. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they um they tried these boys, had a hung jury, right? And retried these boys again just to convict them. Just to say they did it. Wouldn't even let them bring in evidence from the first boys, trial. No, these are two white boys. Okay. Well, I mean they they Yeah, they Hispanic, but you, you grew up it's in Beverly Hills. Different. Their their parents are like migrant, but they're not like you you know what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Um, they didn't come from there. Like their parents came from there, and you know, built a business here, and they've been there their whole life. So, um, I, wonder, I wonder what would have happened if there was a hung jury, and then they retried these boys, and didn't allow new evidence in. I, I want to bring up a question to you guys, and I, I want to start off with a preface by one: I'm not defending this person. This is just for the sake of what if, and I even don't like in talking what ifs because. 
if is there, there's nothing yeah. concrete about it. It's just for a discussion topic. So they did talk about Trump a lot. My first thought was, oh, God, we're making this political. Yes, it is political, but I, personally, I just I don't care who's president. Stop hating on one another on social media. Quit quit adding to the, the gasoline on that fire. That's just my perspective on this. They had brought up Trump had made the claim, let's bring back the death penalty. If these boys, you know, since these boys committed this crime, let's consider bringing that back. Again, here's my what if question. Again, not defending either way, just as a, as a question. Do you think that if these boys were Hispanic, if they were white, if they were black, no matter what color it was, because this was such a high profile case and he was a high profile person in New York at that point, do you think he would have said the same thing? If they were uh, white? I honestly say no. no. I, I say no because <laughs> no. At that, at that, at that <laughs> time, Cut it out. The, the guy that ended up coming out about the rapes, he was, I mean, he was a serial rapist. So there was already rapes going on, but no ad was put out. But when you put a blind white woman get rapes in Central Park by five black, well, four black boys and a Hispanic boy. Burn him at the cross. Yeah. Nah, you. Come on, bro. I mean, that's just, you, you've you added. It's a rap. That, it's, it's a rap at that point. That's, that, that's just how society's going to react. When you got a gang rape of a white woman by five black boys, I, I don't think he would have put that. And I'm glad that movie tapped into that because a lot of people forget that he did that at that time. Mm-hmm. And he chose that time specifically because it was such a big case. Yeah. And Trump wants to always be in the front of TV. He's always done that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always done it his whole life. Way. He's been that way. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that it was such a big case, and the question is, and a lot of people don't understand, that, that case was that big because of five black boys. Raping a white woman in Central Park. If it were the opposite, I mean, I it would it wouldn't be a documentary. Might not it even heard Netflix, about it. You nope. know, it nope. wouldn't be Central Park Five. It'll be another rape. They wouldn't have got. They would have gotten off. Because this is the thing, Austin. Like, <clears throat> even even if black people and white people commit the same crime, typically black people have a harsher punishment. And we've just seen that. I'm not just saying that. So like, where do you think that comes from? Does that come from culture? Or is it purely like an institutional racism biased? Or where do you think it comes from? It's, it's just like it's the one guy. Racism. We have no representation. And, and they, no, okay, and so they, what, and what they, institution? An example. What do we need to do to change it? An example. The white kid from Stanford who raped an unconscious girl in an alley got off because... I think the judge is saying he comes from a great family. Slap on the wrist. Slap Every time. On the wrist. Every time. Every black dude that's had a rape life, 20 yeah. years, we going to 15 jail. years. You're going to jail automatically if you get convicted. We don't, we don't get, oh, he comes from a great yeah. family. If I went and if it was me and I was in a rape, I come from a dad who's a preacher. I grew up in a church. I had a great family system. Judge ain't about to see none of that. He gonna see a black dude that not committed rape on a white girl. Just another black face. I'm going to jail. That's as simple as that. Period. So I'm not. I'm not gonna get. He's too valuable. He comes from a great family. He can be able to learn and correct his own ways. It ain't gonna happen. There's never. I won't. I challenge anybody to look up a trial where a judge said that about a black student, just like Duke, the whole Duke lacrosse scandal. Them boys got off. Off raping them strippers, like it happens. Like white people get off on crimes if they're from affluent families. For sure. Like, also, like, say how do we change it though? There's, yes. There's, so, so let me let me go into that a little bit. I, I want to make the point that mm-hmm. I absolutely hear what you're saying, and I, I I agree that there's a lot of validity to it. If we overgeneralize and say just because you're white, you are going to get this, you're going to get that, it's never a guarantee. I it's do, a guarantee I do. when you're black though. It is. <laughs> it's a guarantee when you're black. It's a, it, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all may be 50 You know what? 50. I'm not going to speak to that because I'm not black, so I can't say We're 100%. Yeah. We're going to jail. Yeah, every okay. time. <laughs> every time. So, every so time. you would, you would make the, the statement <laughs> institutional racism. Correct. So I saw a video from Ben Shapiro, and he w- was talking to somebody about this, and they mm-hmm. said institutional racism. He goes, okay, so what institution is that? How can we change it? What do we need to do? Building an action plan. Because what, what I want to do is that a lot of times with our podcast – Sometimes we can just talk about what ifs, leaves, and nothing ever happens. We, we need to be a focal point of change. So I think we need to actually do something. I, so 
what can we do as citizens? What yeah. can we do as friends? What can we do as brothers to change? Who we is need, the, who is the institution? The what do we need to change and so, how? So how I'll, I'll talk on this. So a lot of local universities are doing this as well. UNT Dallas, um, UTD, um, UNC, TWU even, um, and local organizations like your, your chapter urban leagues. They're actually putting in place economic development and political development and justice, judicial development, and teaching the community about change. And I think, as you mentioned, Austin, a big part of change is telling, is educating about your rights, telling individuals in the community what you can do to make it, I'll say, easier on yeah. you to not be pressed as hard as those those teens were, but also giving you the upper hand and knowing everything you need to know to get out of that situation in a respectful manner. So, so, so it do you think it comes from a mindset? So, so people need to change their mindset? It, from a lack of information. I, it comes okay. from a lack of information yeah, because of how our mindsets were created. We were okay. all African Americans were always created with the mindset of you're gonna lose either way, right? When it comes to those predicaments. So we have to rewire it's our matter, brains. It's just a matter of how bad do you want to lose. Right. Know? And right. so now we have to work on rewiring on our brains, rewiring man. generational right. ignorance and changing it ourselves, but we have to listen to somebody who first of all doesn't look like us. And of course, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a hard-headed like man. Don't look like me. I don't want to listen to them. Yeah. But if they're trying to help me, they're trying to provide me with information to change my life, and somebody after me, I have to take the time to listen. I have to take the time to educate myself further, furthermore, and I have to take the time to educate somebody else. Because if I want to see generational change for me, I got to teach somebody younger than me to start earlier. So mm. that's why you see yeah. those organizations and those um, educational institutions teaching those teens and those children earlier. But then I think. Past the education, we have to push them to be that change. We have to push them to be. Gotta be representation. We have to be You're talking pushing the next generation. Pushing correct? the next generation okay. because right okay. now, of course, I'll say it may be too late for us, right, in our age, um, to start applying for a police officer, or becoming a judge. We have to teach these teenagers, these children, these adolescents about their rights, about the opportunities for them to be in this seat at this table to make change. Um, I applaud all the women who uh, became mayors. I forget what university it was, but um, excuse me, black women who became judges um, at a local at HBCU. And I, I, I hate that I can't remember yeah. that school right now, but they're representing the African-American community. They're representing change and they're going to teach all those other young women, African-American women, what they can do to be in that seat that they just took. And I, I want to pause you right there because yeah. I want to add to that real quick. So, Jacob, you had actually brought this up at one point. We had talked about racism. I had made the claim, and you can go on my social media, and it all is on there. I don't necessarily agree with black power support people <coughs> just because they're black because it's like if you support someone mm -hmm. just because they're mm -hmm. white, it can come across as very just kind of odd. Mm -hmm. I understand better now what you're talking about, support <coughs> black mayors or whatever that looks like because – you can understand the culture. You can understand the mindset better. So thank you for showing that to me because I can understand it's it a little better now. So it doesn't come across as, well, I'm black, so yeah. listen to me because I'm black. No, it's, it's, it's under. You need to understand my culture better. So I get that better now. It's all just about exposure. Yeah. That's all it's about at That's the end of the day. Part. Exposure huge. expands expectations. <laughs> Most of these kids have never seen black politicians, black uh -huh. judges, black police officers. Right. And so we have to show them that it's possible. The yeah. only thing, the only issue I have with what you just said, and I hope that this changes, mm -hmm. is that I've gone to forums like that when that I was college, true. when I was in college and in my city. And it was nothing but white folks. I was like the only black person there. And I'm like, we the ones that need the information the most. So I hope mm -hmm. that there are you know, uh, a, a diverse group of people mm -hmm. that go to those forums. And it's not just the people that don't need the information. And I just Definitely. say, and I and I I do think it will start to change. I'm starting to see people definitely take more interest in not only politics but law enforcement as well. I'm seeing black people. I know a young kid that I grew up with was a criminal justice major, and actually, him and a couple of his buddies are going to be a part of the police department or going to apply to be a police. So I think that's great. I think we are moving in the right direction, but. You know, we got we got a long ways to go and a lot be, to make up for. Be the change you want to see, just like he said. But definitely, man. We appreciate y'all for listening, man. Yeah. If you have not checked out this series on Netflix, please do so. Called "When They See Us" by Ava DuVernay. Shout out to that queen for for the work that she put together, man.
man. Like that I said, queen. yeah, that queen, man. We we appreciate you for the work you've done, and we appreciate y'all for listening to the Whiskey Conversation podcast, yeah, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 Mike. Real quick before we salute, uh, because we've never done this before. I wake up every morning, I listen to podcasts, and I listen to the top podcast in the country. Listen, if you get anything from this podcast. Um, if this is entertaining to you, if this is informative, please, please, please like and subscribe to our channel. Yeah, share it. Leave a review. You, appreciate it. That is all we ask for. We're not asking to get paid. We not. You don't. We don't want anything from yeah. you. But if you get something from this podcast, share it with your friends. Share it with your followers. Subscribe to our channel and leave a five star review for us. Uh, that would mean the world. Definitely, definitely. We're on Thanks. YouTube, SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts and Anchor. So y'all be sure to check us out. We're gonna leave with a toast. Oh yeah. On that one. Fellas, it was a good one. Like always. And we out.